Let's give Jesus praise, shall we? Let's magnify the great God of heaven tonight. Let's lift him up and glorify his great name. Hallelujah. Well, he's the one that gets all the glory. He's the one that gets all the honor. And we thank you for the opportunity, oh God, to serve you in this last and closing hour of time. Praise God. I'd like my wife to come just say one word. I'm just here to tell you it's dangerous to give her the microphone. Praise God. Sometimes I don't get it back. Praise God. One word. You may be seated. I want you to know that this has been one of the most wonderful weekends that I've ever experienced. It's just been a pleasure to be with you great, great people. You have such a great spirit, and I know it's just a spinoff of the great man of God and our precious sister Robbins that's gone on to be with the Lord. This, this church is great because of great leadership and brother and sister Miller and all of the great team that has worked so hard this weekend to give us such a beautiful experience. If you've never been to their banquet, last night was excellent. The food was great. To those that cooked, I enjoyed it very much. And the entertainment was great. And then to top it off today, the Word of God, make today count because we don't have tomorrow. As I got to visit with Brother Tony here this evening, and he shared with me his personal testimony of his wife and how they came into the church here. And then little young brother Nathan Dillon, who I think was about eight years old, and just knocked on their door. And that just encouraged me so much. And you precious young people, let me encourage you and motivate you. You do what Nathan did. You go find somebody to bring to church. And all of you older people. Because all of us have one purpose, and that is to worship and exalt Jesus and to help somebody get to heaven. So I want to encourage you tonight. I am a product of a grandmother that received the Holy Ghost in a brush arbor. She got the Holy Ghost, and my grandpa was saying, Lady Belle, I don't want you going down there to that holy roller meeting and rolling in that dust like all them sawdust and all, all them people get down there carrying on. She said, well, Zeke, all I can tell you is they've got something that I don't have. It's more than what I've got at my little church. She went down there and she got the Holy Ghost and fire. And when she got it, she got the fire. And she told me on her dying bed, she said, Honey, this thing was born in a fire. And she said, I want you to promise me that you'll always stay on fire for God and that you'll work in His kingdom till you draw your last breath. And I'm here tonight to encourage all of you young people. I was born in the swamps of Louisiana. They had to pump sunlight back there for me to get mail. It was mud and gumbo. I mean, just nothing. And the oak trees with the moss hanging. But you know what? God saw the heart of a little girl that loved Jesus. And I love the way these children worship here tonight. That's what it takes. There are preachers. There are church planters, Brother Robbins, right here on your pews. Choir leaders, evangelists, Sunday school workers. You keep praising God. You keep working for Jesus. And Brother Tony... Keep coming to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. It's worth it. This church needs you. We all need each other. Why do we come to church? Because we need each other. We need the hugs. We need the hellos. 
we need the goodbyes. We need to learn to spend more time saying hello than we do goodbye. A lot of times we spend more time saying goodbye than we do hello. But I know my sister was a widow. She would go to the grocery store just to have somebody to talk to. So when you come to church, just don't come in here and find your place and sit down. But do like Brother Tony. He said, I try to see if there's somebody I haven't invited to come drink coffee with us once a month. He said, I try to go invite them. I want to encourage each and every one of you. Hug on them. Everybody needs a hug. Everybody needs a hug. Just keep doing what you're doing. It is beautiful. I have enjoyed the presence of God. And let's just have a little more church. And let's go home. And I'm so glad I met my Dylan family. I'm so glad. I didn't know I had this extended Dylan family. But we're family now. God bless you. I love you. Brother Robbins, thank you. Put your hands together and give the Lord Jesus praise. And thank him. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. And one thing I love about it, she lives what she preaches, and she makes me walk the chalk line. Praise God. Amen. That that fried chicken's going to kill you. And I said, I got to die with something. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. But I, I tell you what an honor it is to be with your great pastor, the great men of God, the leadership. Brother Miller, so good to be with you, our, amen, our youth president of the state of Mississippi. We're honored to be with him and all the great saints of God here at Tupelo. And uh, I, I have a word from the Lord. I can't escape. I told you this morning, when I get in a vein of the Spirit, I can't get, it's, it's almost like, amen, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm plowing a row and I can't break out of that plow. Amen. It's something like the Spirit of God has just begun to stir something within my soul. So I'm looking in Psalms 118, the 118th division of the book of Psalms. Begin reading at verse number 24. And when I read this, you're going to say, oh, Lord, Jesus, I thought he, he, he quoted that this morning. Well, I told you this morning I'm probably going to pick up right where I left off. So, amen, just get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Praise God. Amen. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Everybody say, we will rejoice. Look to your neighbor and tell him we will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee. O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee. Now everybody likes this part. Send now prosperity. How many like a blessing in your life, in your family, in your faith, in your finances? Come on now. Amen. Wave your hand if you'd like the Lord to send a blessing to you. Praise God. Send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord which has showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will do what? I will praise thee. Thou art my God, and I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures. How long does it endure? I need you to tell me how long it endures. Amen. It endures forever. Thank God. Amen. That somebody in the house of God. Amen. In the church of the living God. Understands that there is a vital part of us making it to heaven. Now I travel all across this fellowship. 
COVID hit this church and every church. COVID hit us a blind side. And it's done something, I'm afraid. Amen. When I travel across the fellowship, I see it. And the Holy Ghost gave me this word and sent me here to ask you a question. The Lord sent me here with a question for apostolic life. Amen. My question to you is, and it's my sermon title, are you still in love with praise? Are you still in love with praise? Traveling across the country, I see people, it's almost like something's been pulled out of them. And they're standing there like a zombie or afraid to get out or associate. Amen. Or rub shoulders. I might catch something. I'm going to tell you the greatest thing you can catch is the Spirit of God. And to let the Holy Ghost have its way. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Thank you. I want you to turn to two people and tell them, are you still in love with praise? Come on. Ask them that question. You can be seated. God bless you is our prayer. I really think our ability to overcome the world and all the evils that confront our faith is relegated to our relationship with the one who has the world in his hand, the one who made everything that was made. The success of our salvation will be determined by you and I activating the power of God that was promised when the Spirit of the Lord was poured out. He said, the Lord said, I'm going to give you power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many still believes in that power? I said, how many still believes in that power? You see, in the beginning, when God made man and placed him in the garden, he came looking for his creation every day. But man hid himself, not realizing that the secret, my secret to overcoming sin and the world is my communion with the God of heaven that comes and visits me. I believe in these last days, the devil's going to use two things to keep people away from their victory. And these two things are yesterday and tomorrow. I told you I was in a vein of the Spirit. Amen. It can't, let me tell you, yesterday's gone. Amen. Tomorrow's not here. But I do believe God can activate something right now, right here in this place that will absolutely, it will transcend everything the devil's trying to do or is already done in Jesus' name. If he can remind you of your yesterday, he can keep you out of your tomorrow. If he can keep you worrying and stressing about tomorrow, he can keep you away from your victory today. And remember, this is the day which the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why don't somebody give him praise right now? Because tomorrow is hell's favorite word. And tomorrow is not amen in the calendar of faith, but tomorrow is in the almanac of fools, praise God. When you read this Bible, God had an amazing response to people that would praise him. Amen. For example, in Revelation 11 and 1, it said, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. <laughs> Amen. And the angel stood rising. Amen. He arise and measure the temple of God. Get this right now. And measure them that worship therein. That scares me. I don't know, I don't know about you, but the Lord said, when, when you come to church, I'm going to measure the temple, but I'm going to measure them that worship therein. I wondered if God was to measure our worship tonight, what would it be? If God measured your praise right now, what would it be? Hey, man, I'm here to tell you, God's going to measure your worship, and God's going to measure your praise. That scares me to death that every time I come to church, God's going to measure my worship. And how I respond to the Spirit of God 
The Lord told Ezekiel in 9 4 to mark them that sigh and cry for the abomination that be upon them. God is going to mark and measure all of us and our dimension of worship. How would you fare in this service really now if God were to truly measure your worship? Two things God said to mark and measure in our lives. How man or woman worships the Lord and it matters to God. Look at your neighbor and say it does matter to God. Come on, it matters to God. John 9, 31 tells us, now we, we know, we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him heareth. God will only hear those who worship God. I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care what the devil's tricked you with yesterday, but what are you doing for God right now? How about what are you doing in the service tonight? What are you doing right now? I believe tonight is a pivotal time. Today's been a pivotal day. Praise God. Hallelujah. God doesn't look at what you've done. He's looking at what you're doing. Praise God. I want you to understand that there is a difference in worshiping and being a worship. One's a lifestyle and the other is just a response in a certain situation. Anybody can worship in powerful meetings where the place is packed and singers singing. Everybody's electrified by the Spirit of God. But when we're gathered in a midweek service, maybe a handful, amen, gathered together. Amen. This is the telltale sign if you're worshiping or you are a worshiper. If you're a worshiper, you don't take your cues from the crowd. You don't take your cues from the music. You take your cues from the Holy Ghost power of God. You're moved by one thing. When the Spirit of God moves, hallelujah, you're going to worship. When the Lord said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be in the midst of them. I'm going to be right there. Hey, man, he's just waiting on somebody to respond to the power of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. A worshiper is who you are. They don't do worship. They are worship. Amen. The former deceased senator from Arizona, John McCain, was captured during the Vietnam War. For seven years, he was a prisoner of war. He tells a story in a book that he wrote that 30 to 40 POWs was placed in cells in a place called the Hanoi Hilton. In one of those cells was a prisoner by the name of Mike Christian. Mike Christian, when he was captured, took from different claws. He was very talented. He took bamboo, a bamboo stick and used it as a sewing thread. He would take these various threads of different color. He'd sew into the garment that was given to him as a POW, a small replica of the American flag. And every day, every day, he would hang up that garment and the 30 to 40 soldiers would pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. This time of reminded allegiance would help those men override the times of intense beating and persecution that those, that those Viet Cong was trying to break their will, but they couldn't break their will because there's a reminded allegiance. I pledge allegiance to something bigger than me. I pledge allegiance to something greater than me. I pledge allegiance to a power stronger than me. I wish I had somebody right now. You can override the attack of hell. Let me preach a time. You can override the attack of hell. You can override the, the, the enemy's attack against your family, your faith, your finances. You can override that. 
But there's got to be an allegiance to something bigger than you. The Viet Cong couldn't understand as they beat these men while they couldn't break their will. Amen. Because every night they'd face that garment hanging on a nail and pledge allegiance <laughs> to that flag. But one day one of the guards, he, he, he began to examine that garment and found it. He found that little tiny red, white, and blue flag. The first thing they did was tear the garment to pieces. They burned it. Then they took Mike Christian and they beat him. I said they beat him for hours and hours until he was at the point of death and he was literally, literally a bloody pub. About 11 o'clock at night, according to the book, they brought him back to the cell, stripped, naked, bleeding so profusely, so bruised that his body, his body was literally blue. The guards threw in a white little white POW uniform for him to put on. And the book said, when the soldier saw the red of the blood, the blue of his bruises, and the white of the cheap prison garment, the soldiers suddenly all went to attention and began to salute. And the all others followed suit and began to pledge allegiance when they realized he wasn't just wearing the colors, but he had become the colors. There's a lot of difference between wearing the colors and becoming the colors. God, help me tonight. Oh, God, help me tonight. I don't want to just wear these colors. I want to be the colors. I don't want to just say I'm a worshiper. I want to be a worshiper. I don't want to just say it with my mouth. I want action to follow. Thank God you got to make up your mind. Amen. You're going to be a worshiper, not just say you are a worshiper. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, I got to love him until my allegiance and that relationship will override all that the devil will send my way. I'm preaching to you tonight. Are you still in love with praise? Are you still in love with praise? You know, when, when God are, are aligned his tribes, the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, these would be the leaders and those would be the ones that would take the land. But when he got ready, amen, to start conquering, he said, I got to put a tribe that's going to lead the way. And he said, Judah, you're going to lead the way. The name Judah means praise. I'm here to tell you praise has always led the way. <sighs> Could I prophesy to this church tonight? That's new territory you're going to take. But I'm going to tell you who's going to lead the way. The praisers are going to lead the way. I said the praisers are going to lead the way. God's going to raise up some praisers up in this house. God's going to raise up a spirit of praise that nobody can resist. That when the sinner comes in, he'll, he can't resist the power of praise because that's who you are. I said, that's who you are, praise God. When the Lord set up the tabernacle in the wilderness, the church in the wildwood, it was there right at the door to the to entrance into the Shekinah glory of God, the Lord placed Judah. Because you see, praisers have access. They have access to the glory. They're one step away from miraculous. One step away from the Shekinah glory of God. Hey, man, the Lord said, Judah, I'm putting you on the eastern side. 
Because, you see, you'll be the first to see the sunrise with healings in his wings. You know what it's telling me? If you need your healing, you turn into a praiser. If you, I said, if you need your healing, you, you turn into a praiser. You make up your mind, I'm going to praise God. Make up your mind, I'm going to pray. How many needs a healing touch in your body? Hit your feet right now. Come on, if you need a healing touch, hit your feet right now. Hallelujah, throw your hands up. Start praising God. Because I'm going to tell you who's going to get healed. It's going to be the praiser. The praiser's the man, the woman, that God's about to heal in the house of God. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But I begin to study this out. It was Judah that led the way. But the second largest tribe in Israel was Dan. The tribe of Dan was the second tribe located right next to Judah. Dan loved Judah. Dan loved praise, but something happened. In Judges 18, it tells us a story. I don't know what happens to people. I've pastored over 40 years, and I've seen, I've seen people seem like they, they, the demise came when they lost their praise. The demise came when they lost They lost that thrill of loving him and worshiping him in spirit and truth. How many knows what I'm talking about? When you feel it flow from the top of your head to your soul, of your feet. Amen. It was Dan loved. It loved Judah. But something happened. Look look at Judges 18 and verse number 7. It tells us the demise. It said, then the five men departed and came to Laish and saw the people that were there and how they dwelt. Everybody say they dwelt careless. (laughs) <laughs> they were careless after the manner of the Zidon. Everybody say quiet. They were quiet. Everybody say secure. And there was no preacher, no magistrate in the land that might put them to shame to anything. There was no, they're not going to listen to the man of God. I'm not going to let a preacher tell me, amen, and, and, and preach to me and make me feel under conviction. Amen. There was, there was no magistrate to put them to shame in anything. Let me tell you, the best friend you got is your pastor. The best friend you've got is your pastor. One, two, three, is this on? Praise God. I said the best friend you've got is your pastor. And you better thank your God that he'll preach truth to you. My old grandfather used to tell, he used to say if the medicine wasn't bitter, it wouldn't help you anyway. And if a sermon don't step on your toes every once in a while, it's not helping you anyhow. If it don't gig you and stir you and cause you to get up and shake the devil off of you and amen, examine your life, examine your faith, examine your journey. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. The Bible said they were too far from the Zidonians and they had no business with any man. They social distanced themselves away from praise. What happened, Dan was a blood brother. Dan loved Judah, but Dan, like so many, can get disillusioned on the journey. You can actually fall out of love with what brought you to where you are. You can fall out of love with the very thing that saved you. And instead of Dan being the second tribe, you, you got to look at this. This is powerful. Dan became the last tribe because they lost their identity when they distanced themselves from praise. 
I don't want to fall out of love with what brought me to where I'm at. I know what brought me to where I'm at. Are you listening to me? I know. I wasn't raised in a Pentecostal church, okay? When I, the first service I was in a Pentecostal church, I thought they had lost their ever-loving mind. I was sitting in the back, and a brother got him started running. Now, this is the truth, people. I thought he was looking for the bathroom. I got to praying, God, I hope he finds that bathroom here. He must really have to go. He was getting it, brother, around and around. I'm talking about that building. I'm sitting on the back. Cool, McCool, long hair. I played in a rock band. We had $500,000 worth of equipment 50 years ago. We, we wouldn't even talk to you under 500 bucks a night. I made $100 a night 50-something years ago. But listen to me right now. I'm cool, McCool, sitting in the back. The only reason I was there is my mom and sisters got the Holy Ghost. And she made me come or she's going to keep. I couldn't use the car. And that gets young people's attention. When you can't use the car, that gets your attention. But that brother, let me tell you, my opinion didn't stop his running. And that's what's wrong with some of you. You let the opinions of other people stop you from your praise. You ought not let what people think stop you from doing one thing. If you feel like getting out in that aisle and shouting and praising, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to get out there and have a Holy Ghost fit, praise God. I'm not worried about your opinion. I'm not worried about what you think. I'm not worried about what you say. I'm still in love with praise. I'm still in love with what brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. That brother run by me and his coat swept across my back. Little doodads got on. If you don't know what a doodad is, you'd have never been to an apostolic church. But every apostolic knows what a doodad. Come on, how many of you know what a doodad is? Honey, it shot across me. A lady in front of us started shaking her head. She squealed like a bobcat. I'm talking about she's, she's, she started squealing. She shouted her hair down. She shouted part of it off. And part of it fell in my lap. It was a rat. It was one of them ratty rats. I've never seen a ratty rat. But it got in my lap, and I, I promised it moved. It did move. I knew it moved. I said, oh, God, somebody get it. Get it, get it, get it, get it. I was about to have a stroke. I wasn't used to that. Hey, but another one got to squealing. It got to breaking out. Next thing I knew, big old tears started pouring down my face, and I'm wondering what in the world is happening to me. I'll tell you what it is. When people start praising God, that's a, that's a, that's a release. That's a divine release of power. I'm going to look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to fall out of love with what brought me this far. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let me tell you, my friend, amen, when they traded praise for quiet and secure, they lost their place. i tell you what, the heartbeat of this pastor and these leaders in this church, Brother Miller, those of you who are in charge, your heartbeat said, we can't lose that. We can't lose our praise that's what makes us different from all the rest of the denominations. It's dead as last year's bird's nest there. But when you walk in here, you feel something exciting. I guarantee you tonight at the Super Bowl, they're not quiet. Honey, I want, I'll tell you tonight the Super Bowl, they're screaming. They're stripped off half naked. Their bodies painted, amen, from their head down to their waist, to their, their colors of their team, and they're shouting. They lose their voice because you know why? Amen, their soul 
Why? But here, here's what scares me. Revelation 7, 5 through 8 is a direct warning for those who fall out of love with praise. There's a list of the 12 tribes of Israel, but nowhere can I find the tribe of Dan. He not only was moved to last, but he was replaced by Manasseh. Listen, people, I've come too far for anybody to take my place. I fought hell too long for anybody to take my place. Some of you ought to hit your feet. You ought to make some of you so mad right now to think the devil's trying to replace you. You ought to hit your feet saying nobody taking my place. Come on, hit your feet right there. Ain't nobody taking my place. Thank God I'm here. I don't care what devil. The devil may not like it, but I'm here. Ain't nobody taking my place. Come on, somebody. I said nobody going to take my place. Hallelujah. Heaven has fought this devil long, a long time. Thank God you've gone through too much to give up now. You fought too hard to quit now, praise God. I refuse to be replaced this close to the end time. I said I refuse to be replaced this close to the end time. And it all happened because they stopped loving and they fell out of love with praise. Let me tell you what, what has caused this church to be what it is. I'll tell you what it is. You're a praise and worshiping church. That's who you are. It didn't take me long to figure out. I'll tell you the secret to the growth here. It's called people here love to praise God. I'm going to tell you this. I really believe that praise goes there before you ever get there. I believe praise goes before us. That's why some people are stuck where they are. They don't praise God for what's coming. Some of you ought to hit your feet and start praising God for what's coming. There's something coming. My God, my God. Woo. Come on, there's some blessings coming. There's some power coming. There's some Holy Ghost coming. I'm praising God for what's coming. Oh, I'm praising God for what's coming. Hallelujah. We got some territory we're about to claim. We've got some territory we're about to claim. And I'm praising God for what's coming. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. What's brought us this far is going to take us all the way. I said if it brought us this far, it's going to take us all the way. Woo. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord make some noise in the house of God right now. Woo! Hallelujah! Now, I am not a long-winded preacher. You're going to find out I am not a long-winded preacher. But there are certain things that I recognize when I preach because I try to put my antennas up in the spirit world. Matter of fact, here... A while back, I, I visited the county co-op. I've been pastoring for 45 years in one county. I know a lot of people. Preached 400 funerals. I know a lot of people. I walked in, and a man with a straw hat, I knew that uh, he raised chickens. And he said, oh, Reverend, come here. Come on, i got to tell you something. 
I went over there to him. And he said, Reverend, I got to tell you a story. This morning, I went down to feed my chickens. And I knew something was wrong when they didn't get excited about being fed. I said, what'd you say? I said, I knew there was something wrong when they didn't get excited about being fed. You know, you always know there's something wrong when people don't get excited about being fed. I'm talking about the eternal, the eternal word of God. I'm talking the infallible word of God. There's something wrong with people. Don't get excited about being fed. <laughs> he said, so I looked in and he said, they had a subdued spirit. I said, oh, I pastor some people like that. Had their beak under their wing, all subdued. He said, I raised the lid and fell back. The biggest chicken snake I'd ever seen was in that pen. Already ate a couple of the little chicks. You know them that like to scratch on the periphery, them that won't come to prayer meeting, them that don't pay their tithes. You know them chicks that won't get involved. He'd already eaten them. He said, I went to the house and got my little pistol, and I missed him the first two shots. But that third shot, I got him. And said, when I raked him out, Reverend, you ought to have seen it. He said, all of a sudden, one of the chickens went, And Reverend, they had a revival in the chicken coop. You think I'm joking. Jesus said it. How often would I gather you together as a hen doth gather her brood? But you would not. Hey, but somebody tonight is. Somebody is. I said, oh, come on now. Hallelujah. When they recognized the snake was gone, the devil was out of there. I'm fixing to have me a revival. Praise God. Oh, yes, I am. And something else that pastoring all those years. Now, I know when you get older, you can't run aisles. <laughs> when you get older, those Riders brothers, how many has met those Riders brothers? Arthritis, bursitis, amen. I noticed a while ago, hey amen, you, you hit your feet, but you, you were kind of struggling to, to throw it in that other gear, wasn't it, huh, brother? That's all right, though. But you did get up, hallelujah to God. I've watched all these years, and people that don't ever have any emotion when the Spirit of God moves, there is a snake somewhere. Testing one, two, three. I said, there's a snake somewhere. You just trace it. There's something going on somewhere. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, it'll cause you to be subdued. It'll cause you to lock down. It'll cause you not to have joy. It'll cause you not to get out in the aisle. It'll cause you never to run the aisle. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 95% of heaven is going to be filled with praise and worship. The 24 elders around the throne are going to be singing and shouting praise to God. Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matter of fact, Revelation 4 and 3 said there'll be a rainbow around the throne. That'll be like an emerald. The tribal stone of Judah is the emerald because it is a radiance. Praise releases a radiance of faith to see what we have not seen. Praise, I'm going to preach this now. Praise sets boundaries in a church. 
Now, I don't know if you know this in the spirit world. If, if, if you are appraising people, you set boundaries of authority and anointing. And a boundary shows you what's included in the promise. And a boundary will also show you what's excluded. It shows us what's for us. And it shows us what we don't need to fool with. Amen. First Samuel 17 and 1 is powerful to me. Now the Philistines, the enemy, gathered together their armies to battle. Notice where they were gathered. They were gathered together at Shoko. Amen. Which belonged to Judah and pitched between Shoko and Azka in Ephes Damon. Amen. The, the revised standard said that all of these were the territories of praise. All of these belonged to Judah. It belonged to praise. Listen, those devils back then are no different than the devils we fight today. They came and attacked Shoko. Shoko, do you realize what Shoko ever said belongs to praise? It's the territories that belong to praise. It's the boundaries, amen, that takes in the territory of praise. Shoko in the Hebrew means hedge. Everybody say hedge. Shoko means hedge. Do you know that hell is after your hedge? Hell is after your protection. He wants to shut off that protective shield that God's got around your life. The devil doesn't want you protected. So if he can get to you and take down that, if he can get you a praise, he's got your hedge. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because the hedge is a property of praise. Even the devil admitted to God, Job had a hedge about him. What put it there? He praised God in good times. And he praised God in bad times. Job said, though he slay me, I'm still going to serve him. Come on, somebody. Psalms 34 and 7 said, The angel of the Lord encamps around about them or puts a hedge around them that fear his name. Psalms 125 and 2 is the mountains around about Jerusalem. So the Lord's around about his people from henceforth and forevermore. Notice there's a gap in the hedge by God. He left it there. He left it there. Wait for someone to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge. And there's some things that we've got to do. And praise is it. I said praise is it. How many wants a hedge around your family? Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. If you will become a praiser, you will have a hedge. God will put a hedge around your family if you will become a, pray, a praiser. Not only was the enemy after the hedge or shoko, but he's, he was after aska. The word aska means plow, plow, plow. Hosea 10 11 said, Judah shall plow. You know why we have singing first and praising first and preaching last? Because praise plows and preaching plants. Praise plows and preaching plants. You know why? When you praise God, you know what you're doing? You're plowing up the fallow ground. That's all you're doing. You're getting ready for the seed of God's word. You're getting ready for the infallible seed. And there's going to be a harvest. But there can't be a harvest if there's no plowing. You can't put seed on that asphalt out there. It won't germinate. It won't grow. But if you plow it up, I said if you plow it up, you put the seed in the ground. The word of God is going to come up. Praise God. It's going to come up. Hallelujah. If there's no praise, there'll be no planning. Amen. I'm here to tell you, 
You better understand one thing, people. It's never going to jump from this pulpit to the center. You hear me? It will never jump from the pulpit to the center. If it don't affect you, how should it affect them? If the preaching don't touch you, how do you think it's going to touch them if it don't go through you? You're the conduit that's going to carry that conviction. When you move, they're going to move. Light begots light. I said light begots light. And when the when you begin to feel it and praise God, somebody behind you that needs a touch of God is going to begin to feel the power of God. Well, I wish I had some help. I wish I had some help. I wish I had somebody believe what I'm saying right now. Hallelujah. 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 Now, what was the Philistines, the enemies of God's people doing in the territory that belonged to praise? They were there to move the boundaries. Hell's job today is to move the boundaries and to take praisers out of the church and to cause us to come to just a denomination that just comes and goes through a form of godliness with no power, no deliverance, nobody being set free. It's just a social checkoff. Amen. Tonight, they're having soup dinners watching the Super Bowl instead of a move of God. Because I'm here to tell you, my friend, you've got to understand, praise sets boundaries to encompass you. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Amen. Hell's job is to remove those boundaries. Amen. To, re- to remove them from you. So here's the first thing that you know that the boundaries are being moved when you do Well, pastor, I just don't feel like I, I'm a part anymore. Or, or I really don't believe everything that we, that we, you say we stand for. I really don't believe all of this separation from the world stuff. Uh, I, I just, I just don't feel a part. Brother, I've heard that till I want to go, ah. No, let me, let me help you. Let me help you, honey. Let me tell you what's wrong. Devil done moved your boundaries. Devil done moved your boundaries. Devil done moved your boundaries. Sum it up. Amen. Put, put a period at the end of it. The devil done moved your boundaries. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You sit there wondering why all these folks are so happy. And you're so frustrated. Devil done moved your boundaries. Now, and the Bible says, amen, that the, that the, the enemy came to the last place to Ephesus Damon and pitched or stopped there because that was as far as he could go. Why did the enemy stop? Because Ephesus Damon means the boundaries of blood drops. The boundaries of blood drops. When he came to the blood, that was as far as he could go because nothing, everybody say nothing passes the blood. The devil may try to move some boundaries, but he can't touch the blood. I said he can't touch the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon that cross. I know it was the blood for me. You got the blood applied when you got baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why you want to praise God. Woo! I said that's why you want to praise God. You set a boundary, my friend, that hell can't cross. Years ago, there used to be a pesticide advertised. When applied, it said it put up an invisible wall. When insects hit that wall, it said, this stuff just kills me. Let me tell you, the blood puts an invisible wall that takes care of every sin. Somebody thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. It still washes whiter than snow. 
I was preaching the night service at a Texas camp meeting, amen, in Lufkin, Texas, and one of my pastor friends came in. I went back to greet him, going to hug his neck. He held back. He was, he was battling cancer, and he had, he had a, a bag on his side. And he, pushed, he said, Reverend, I love you very much. I would hug your neck, but the doctors warned me that if, if this liquid in this bag that's going into my bloodstream was to get out of this bag and touch your skin, it will eat instantly, eat to the bone right before your very eyes in seconds. I said, my God, is that strong? That chemo is that powerful? I said, if, that's, if that would do to your skin, that, what is it doing to the blood? He said, the blood can withstand what the flesh can't endure. <laughs> I said, the blood can withstand what the flesh can't endure. Somebody ought to hit your feet right now. I said, hit your feet right now, and let's thank God for the blood. Come on, somebody thank God for the blood. Woo! <coughs> somebody thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, some, let me tell you, how many of you tonight are going to make up your mind? I don't care what service I walk into. It don't matter what situation I'm facing. I'm going to praise my God because I know if I praise God, he's going to put a hedge about me. He's going to plow me right through it. Amen. Amen. I want you to run to this altar right now. Make up your mind. Hallelujah. Amen. I am a praiser. I'm not going to fall out of love with what brought me this far. I refuse to fall out of love with praise. I refuse to fall out of love with praise. Come on, let's praise him. We don't need no music. We don't need that. We can praise God.